What's up, y'all? Uh, it's your boy, Devin Jackson. I'm joined by my twin brother, Dominic Jackson, and we're going to bring you the Dual Vision podcast where we talk about music, sports, uh, everything going on in the world, um, and just have a, a real conversation between two brothers. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my brother, Dom. Uh, you know, first, thanks for joining me and uh, wanting to do this with me. Well, second, thanks for having me, and thanks for doing this with me as well. Um, I just want to be able to bring this and give us give everybody uh perspectives on how twins think and how they think differently so i think having dual vision podcasts will just you know be great for the great for the society but also just great for the culture so just being able to you know break down different things and you know learn about our perspectives as twins is just i think it's just a dope thing to do so i'm just happy that we able to do this and you know i'm just ready to get on with it for real let's let's get to it Let's get to it. Yeah, so a little bit of background uh, for those who don't know me or Dom. Uh, we were born in Louisiana. Uh, all of our family is pretty much from Louisiana, uh, um, you know, born and raised through and through. Uh, so we always were at the New Orleans culture, uh, the New Orleans food, uh, you know, New Orleans football team. Uh, you know, we'll cheer for the basketball team as well. Uh, so we're all about New Orleans around here. Uh, obviously, we grew up in Georgia. Um, you know, we're not necessarily a fan of, you know, uh, the sports teams per se, but we uh, we definitely, you know, can appreciate the Atlanta culture and, and you know, the artistry and everything that comes from Atlanta. Uh, so being apart from, you know, being a part of two cities that, uh, you know, really help define the, the South, you know, as a place of culture, a place of music, a place of uh, really good food and um, just you know, having great people to be around, uh, I think that's, that's definitely special. Um, but, you know, uh, go ahead and move forward with kind of our first topic of the day. Uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about music, sports, uh, everything going on in pop culture. Uh, one of the biggest, you know, kind of albums that dropped recently over this past weekend uh, is Big Sean's Detroit 2. Uh, it came out at midnight, uh, you know, early hours of Friday morning. And uh, I got a chance to listen to it about 30 minutes after it dropped. Uh, and I'll share my thoughts briefly. Um, but, you know, you know, Big Sean, you know, kind of talking about kind of his personal battles. You know, he was in a dark place. He did a long interview uh, about a couple months ago uh, that talked about where he was mentally, you know, how he had to provide for everyone in his family, uh, the pressure he feels, you know, rapping for and about Detroit. And uh, it's a really insightful interview. You can look it up on YouTube. But, uh, you know, just hearing that perspective and then seeing his, you know, full progression into being, you know, a, a lot of people talked about him as being one of the top rappers in, in the industry. But I think this album really solidified that for me. I think that he solidified his top five status currently where it is. Obviously, J. Cole, Kendrick, Draker. Uh, all in kind of a league of their own. But I think in that next tier, Big Sean is a leader of the pack uh, for that next tier. Um, I would thoroughly agree. Um, I've always felt like Big Sean was a top five rapper, even when people were, you know, pretty much giving him hate about him being a corny rapper or he has corny lines, this and that. Um, but to be honest, like, since Dark, Dark Sky Paradise, I think... Truthfully, truth be told, 
Vic Sean's been in the top five for a long time now. So um, him dropping Detroit too just pretty much put the icing on the cake as far as, you know, him being a top five rapper in the, in the industry. But I think for him, dropping Detroit too is definitely bigger than just being a top five rapper. He's pretty much putting Detroit on the map. He's putting a lot of rappers who don't get the recognition they deserve. He's just putting them on. And he's doing a lot for Detroit. So it's uh, very insightful and very great to see him do what he does for Detroit. And not only is he a rapper, he's also, you know, doing things in the community in Detroit and just making sure Detroit is just better whole. So he definitely reps Detroit well. And he's, you know, with Detroit too, it just pretty much put the icing on the cake for me. So I definitely, uh, like I said, since Dark Sky Paradise, Big Sean has definitely been up there as one of the most consistent and most lyrical rappers, you know, we've ever seen, to be honest with you. So it solidified it for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would agree. I think that, you know, a lot of people, like you said, they talk about his corny lines. They talk about, you know, you know, his, his puns that may not necessarily be uh, orthodox or anything like that. But uh, in terms of putting on for his city and, and just being a really good pure rapper and rapping about real things and real struggles, I think that, you know, that makes him a top five rapper. But going in, into the album, per se, uh, he had 21 tracks on the album. Um, you know, he featured Dom Kennedy, T Grizzly, Lil Wayne, Travis Scott, uh, Key Wayne, Diddy, uh, Young Thug, um, uh, Duele, Ty Dolla Signs, Nipsey Hussle. Um, just kind of the, the variety of artists that he had featured on this album uh, really uh, makes it stand out to me. I think that that shows his diversity. Uh, Wale was also on the on the track. They've they've done uh, prior music before too, um, but I think you know him. Just the way he kind of rolled it out, none of the tracks were leaked. Uh, you know, the one track that he, he did release was Deep Reverence with Nipsey Hussle. Uh, I think that was a nice tribute to Nipsey Hussle. And, you know, towards the end of the song, he has, you know, a clip of Nipsey Hussle talking, in, you know, in the studio, you know, with him and who he wants to work with. He talked about T Grizzly. He wants to work with him. Uh, so I thought that was really, really, uh, really, really cool. And then throughout the album, he has stories. Uh, so different Artists will tell stories, uh, I guess, their perspective about Big Sean. So he had Dave Chappelle. Um, he had uh, Erica Badu. He also had Stevie Wonder. So uh, having those uh, those kind of intervals of, of stories from, you know, three historic, um, you know, artists or, or comedians in their own right um, feature on the album, I think that's that was a really cool touch, too. Um, but like I said, I, I've listened to the album in full uh, about three or four times. Um, and a couple tracks that stood out to me um, was the, the first one was obviously Lucky Me. Um, I think that without the beat change in the middle of the song, I think that's still one of the best songs on the album. Uh, but the beat change and just showing his versatility and ability to change flows and change beats and still, you know, the song still as a whole be a, you know, really good song. I think that, you know, hearing that in the second song of the album, it's like, all right, you know, this, this might be a classic. Obviously then you add in deep reverence, uh, Wolves. Uh, I like Wolves. They had Post Malone on it. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to be a track necessarily down the line that I play over and over again, but it's still playable. 
uh, you go to Body Language, I think that's going to be a, a radio song um, with Ty Dolla Sign. Ty Dolla Sign never misses on his features um, at all. And, you know, it's, it's my comment of, on that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He, he never misses. Ty Dolla Sign, you can get him on any type of feature. Ty Dolla Sign will make your song and the vocals, they just, they go up. So Ty Dolla Sign is not, he is a never miss with him. You can put him on any type of song. He can just throw his vocals in there. You got a classic song. That's just what Ty Dolla Sign do. I definitely agree. But uh, that song, I think it's going to be a radio song. Uh, the, the song that really started to, to make it different for me, uh, Harder Than My Demons, uh, that song just from the get-go, the beat, uh, you know, the production, the lyrics, I think everything about that song is, is special. Uh, I really like, you know, kind of just the flow of it, just <clears throat> how it just, you know, it. you can relate to it. Uh, you know, people... He, he talked about in the song, he went through his demons. Uh, you know, he made references to the Reaper being, you know, outside of his door, potentially. Uh, he made a lot of references towards, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, depression and, and dealing with, you know, being at his low point. I think everyone can relate to that, um, you know, personally. So I, I think that's one of the songs. It's like that kind of became personal, you know, and just shows that he can reach a variety of audiences. Uh, I don't know, you know, if, You've listened to the song extensively or not, but uh, what are your thoughts on the song? Um, uh, Harder Than My Demons. Um, he really tapped into, I guess, the the darker side of people feeling a certain way. Um, I think when he first heard it, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a deep song because, you know, he really – tapped into stuff that he probably he probably would never share with anybody in the world but he just felt like okay this is my perfect platform to you know put this out there just in case somebody else may be going through that or dealing with the same thing so I feel like you know it is it's a when I heard the track I thought it was a great track because it's relatable Um, a lot of people go through that same struggle you know they might not know if they're going to see tomorrow, but they, they've been through a lot and, you know, they're going through a lot. They feel like they're never going to reach the, the uh, top of the mountain. They just continue climbing. But once you get there, you know, it's going to be worth it. So I feel like him making that track really uh, stood out for me. I really like that track for sure. And it's definitely relatable. You can relate to that for sure. Yeah, uh, that that track, uh, definitely deep one. And then the next one, everything that's missing, uh, very very similar, uh, you know, type of vibe. Um, you know, going through, you know, several things. Uh, you know, dealing with several things as well. Um, you know, and you know, I, I kind of relate to. It. I think you know, a lot of people feel like, um, you know, you may have a lot, but there's still things that are missing. You know, you still feel that there's things that are missing. So, you know, hearing that song, like those two songs back to back, it's like now you can see that he's he's tapping in, in into his own emotions and, and tapping into something deeper that he's been dealing with. Uh, so that was like another song for me that, you know, just to showcase his, his uh, you know, versatility and whatnot. So um, and then, you know, you got uh, ZTFO, um, you know, kind of a more upbeat song, 
uh, not necessarily, you know, anything deep or redeeming about it. Um, but just a really nice flow type song. Um, and then my favorite song on the album, uh, the next one, um, guard your heart. He, um, he really, he really went hard on that one. Had uh, Anderson Pack on it, Wale. Uh, that was definitely my my favorite song on the album. I think it's the best song in the album. Uh, it's something I listen to all the time. Man, that man Anderson Pack, yo, that guy right there. He's a, man. That dude right there is special. I like Anderson Pack a lot. Can't forget about Wale either. Wale definitely a, one of the one of the greats. We we're not gonna forget about Wale. Got to put some respect on Wale name. Um, he he had just dropped the album that was great, front to back, great. Um, shout out to Wale though, man. They need to. A lot of people need to stop putting hate on Wale, man. They they keep talking about we want that old Wale, this and that. Yo, listen, he just he's really growing as an artist, so you just had to grow with him. You know what I'm saying? So, shout out to Wale for sure. But yeah, that track, I like that track for sure. Personally, it's probably not my favorite on the on the album, but I like it though. I like it. I I definitely like how everybody flowed on there for sure. So it was a dope it was a dope song. But for me, it's probably not the best song on the album. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I have to give it a, a couple more runs to see, and maybe my mind will change. But when I when I went through it, it was a good it was a great song. But you know that's probably wasn't my favorite as of right now. But Maybe once I run through it again, then, you know, maybe my mind will change. But, yeah, man, shout out to all of them. That was a great track for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, Anderson Pack. Uh, I think a lot of people don't really know about his music. He He's a really good artist, too. Uh, that song, just in general, everything about it, uh, just the overall production, uh, everybody's kind of vibe on it, everybody's flow, everyone's verse on it. I think that it really made you know, for a, a really top song, uh, you know, and, and that's what makes it the top song for me. Uh, I probably listened to it at least 15 times since this came out. So just hearing that song, it just everything about it, I, I just love everything about it. Uh, next one, Young Thug is in it, Respect It. Uh, it's probably going to be another song that hits the radio. Um, I like it, Young Thug. I, I think that his verse, verse is always underrated. Uh, he's always been, obviously, people don't like necessarily his flamboyant style or, you know, kind of how he conducts himself on a day-to-day -day basis. But uh, there's no denying he's a he's a really unique talent in the industry. And there's a reason people want him on his tracks. You know, he, he brings a different vibe, uh, a completely different sound, um, you know, different uh, flow as well. So I think that for this song and, and you know, in particular, it's one of those songs that, um, like I said, it, it's one of those kind of upbeat, catchy songs, uh, not necessarily, you know, super deep lyric, lyrically or anything like that. But I, I definitely enjoyed hearing, you know, Young Thug on the, on the track, just showing once again, the versatility uh, of Big Sean and, and being able to have so many different artists then you roll into the next one, Lith uh, Lithuania, uh, with Travis Scott. Same type thing, um, you know. Travis Scott, known for his, his uh, you know, kind of sound effects. You know, his uh, he has a particular style of beat um, that makes it very distinct, and you know, immediately is Travis Scott. Um, and it seems like I don't really know the the kind of 
behind everything or behind a scene or curtain. Uh, but I think Travis Scott may have made this beat. So. Um, then you go into Full Circle, another one of my favorite songs on this album with Key Wayne and Diddy. Um, right off the bat, you can you can hear the flow, the the, the nice um, the instruments, everything about the song. I think you know makes it really special. Um, and once again, it's an, another one of those deep songs. Everything comes full circle. Uh, you know, everything that happens in your life, et cetera, et cetera. So Big Sean, he's really tapping into something deeper here, a deeper connection, deeper emotional connection. Um, something I think compared to uh, probably we haven't seen since Dark Sky Paradise, to be honest, uh, where he's going into, you know, kind of his dark place and, and really under, you know, letting us in on what he's going through and uh, what's everything going he's going through. I do got a comment on that. So I decided he definitely was tapping into it a little bit. I think on I decided though he was I think he was a little more nervous about actually tapping in fully. But oh you can hear on Detroit too where he really just let it all out there. So on I decided he definitely was um trying I guess I wouldn't say trying, but he wanted to tap into it, but he just didn't feel comfortable enough to do that. So I guess once he, you know, once he took some time to reevaluate, took some time off after he dropped double or nothing, then he really realized, okay, you know, I can really tap into this and then, you know, make a story out of it and people will relate to it. And he just felt comfortable enough to just on Detroit too. So he definitely was tap trying to tap into it, but it just took him a while for him to do that. So on Detroit too, you could definitely hear he was just ready to go all out with it. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of built up, you know, uh, things that he was dealing with, uh, just being, you know, put down and, you know, uh, you know, some, this kind of gets off track, but I'll never understand why people will bash artists on social media, uh, will bash artistry, will bash all types of things um, and really put them down and say like, you know, their music uh, sucks, you know, their music you know, it's just not good at all. I would never listen to them. You know, I don't understand why people listen to them. Uh, there's a reason people, you know, artists have fan bases. People can relate to them. You know, people feel what they're saying. People feel, you know, uh, what they're bringing to the table. Uh, they feel they feel what they feel, you know. They, they feel what the artist feels. Um, and I, I feel that a lot with Big Sean. I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, call him corny, say he's garbage, you know, say he doesn't put out good music. Uh, people do it with J. Cole too. Um, but they don't understand, like, he, he, he said in one, I don't remember what song it is, but he said that, you know, he does meditation every day. And part of the reason of that is from what people are saying about him, you know, because you can have thick skin all you want. You can pretend like, you know, people are saying doesn't affect you, but everyone's human. People are going to read comments on social media, you know, you know, and the, the keyboard warriors, like they, they'll never understand that, you know, saying that stuff to people, it takes a toll on them, especially when you're an artist, especially when you're someone that's in the limelight all the time, especially someone that's gone through public breakouts with Ariana Grande and, uh, you know, Janae Aiko and, 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 you know, kind of his past relationship. So he's always been in the forefront and he just wants to make good music, man. Uh, that's all he wants to do. So, you know, 
I just don't understand, you know, if you don't like the album, just that's fine. You know, just say you don't like the album, move on, or just don't say anything at all. But if you're going to say, you know, he should never make music again, his music is trash and things like that, uh, I lose the respect for you because, like, th this is this is what they do, you know? This is what they put their life's full work into. You know, they spend hours and hours in the studio perfecting, uh, listen to things back, having people come in and listening to it. They spend so many hours in the production, everything like that. And being a creative myself, I understand what that process is and it makes me appreciate this album even that much more because he's dealing with those demons and he's dealing with uh, people talking down about his music, people talking down about him as a person. So you can really tell he put a lot of emotion and, and feelings into this album. Yeah, and I would thoroughly agree. Um, to back up your point about, you know, people really like, you know, trashing your artistry. Um, it's just like, why do that? Like, you know that this person has spent hours on hours on hours creating, trying to make sure this verse is right. They'll take the verse out. Maybe they'll just throw another verse in there. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of stuff that goes into making music. And I don't think people really understand the process of making music. So until people see that process, they're going to continue bashing these artists for no reason, like they did to Bryson Tiller. Everybody bashed him for his second album. They was like, we want the trap soul. We want the trap soul too. Well, I'm sorry. You, can't, you have to grow as an artist. You want to be able to do different things and tap into different elements. So, of course, it's not going to be a trap soul too when he dropped his second album. That's the reason why he hasn't dropped the album since, because... People bashed him about him dropping true to self, and they was just telling him it was garbage, it was this, it was that. It was he. It was so bad for Bryce, and he told he told him he should have never made the album. And I think to me that's probably one of his best albums besides Trap Soul. You know what I'm saying? I I like True to Self because it was from front to back. So for people, these keyboard warriors to, you know, continue to bash these artists, I don't really understand it. You know what I'm saying? We don't have nothing nice to say. Don't say it. But it's like, you want to be able to critique music. You, there's different ways to critique it. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be like, oh, this is full out trash. You can be like, okay, maybe you could have like switched a verse here or there, or you could have just, you know, had a beat, do a different thing, you know? But it's just, for people to just be like, oh, well, this is trash. This is trash. You shouldn't make no more music. Like, do you know the process of making music? Like, this is their lives. Like, this is their livelihood. How they make money. This is how they continue to provide for their family. So for you to just sit there and tell them trash, like, it's trash. Like, come on now. There are ways to critique artists. All you have to do is just be like, okay, I don't like the way this sounds. Maybe you should do a different sound with it. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, they was doing that to Bryson Tiller. That's why he hasn't dropped the album since. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy. They did that. To, they was trying to do that to Scissor as well. It's just a lot. It's a lot. They do to these artists, and they don't understand. It takes a toll on these artists because they put their whole life into the music. They put in what they've been through, what they experience into the music. And for people to just sit there and just bash them, it's mind-blowing to me. And these keyboard warriors, man, they just getting out of hand for real. But I'm glad Big Sean was able to fight his demons and, um, uh, really dropped Detroit too because 
His first Detroit was a classic, and it was a mixtape. But he dropped Detroit 2 as an album, and you know that's going to be a classic as well. So, like I said, we we appreciate you, Big Sean, for dropping this album because um, it was a lot you had to go through to get to that point, and you got through it, and you at this point now where you was able to give us this great music and, you know, pretty much let us know what you had to go through to get to where you're at now. So I definitely think it's a, a, a definitely a life lesson for us that, you know, even if you're going through stuff, you know what I'm saying, just keep your head forward and keep going and, you know what I'm saying, just figure out ways to get through it. And once you get through it, you're going to see the end result. So I'm just glad he was able to put out Detroit too. So for sure. Yeah, definitely a classic. Uh, going over the last couple songs on the album, uh, last like uh, five or six. Uh, time in with 2088, we were waiting for a collab uh, between Janae and Big Sean, and we got it. Um, and Yo, it definitely bless our ears. We need 2088 album number two. We need it. I'm telling you right now, it's for the culture. Y'all probably got it stashed away somewhere. I don't care. I need y'all to, I need that one. That 2088, that first album was special. And y'all weren't even supposed to put that out. He said, they weren't even supposed to put that out. And they put that out. We need that. That's for the culture. 2088, please give us another album. We need that because they work together so well. They've been working together so well for so long, even on songs that he did back in like 2011. I think it was on Detroit. Uh, I forgot the name of that song. Um, ah, what's the name of that song? Hold on, give me one second. Uh, even on uh, the original Detroit. Give me one second. I had it on my uh, head too. Oh, I'm going to be. Even on that song, like, you know, they they work together so well and they just back each other so well on every song they've done. Even on Beware, all that. So... 2088 Part 2, please. We need that. It's for the culture. We need it right now. Yeah, I didn't even need to uh, listen to that song. I know it was going to be a classic. Uh, then it got story by Erica Badu, like I mentioned at the beginning. Um, you know, I have several stories from from Legends. Uh, Feed, um, you know, short song. A lot of his songs, they weren't that long either, uh, which I really liked. Uh, like, a lot of these songs just got to the point. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like a elaborate intro or outro. Like, you know, it was pretty much two verses and I'm off, you know? So I think that was very, very, uh, you know, interesting compared to a lot of other albums that have been coming out. A lot of, like, four or five-minute songs. And uh, and he's understanding that, you know, people are starting to have shorter attention spans, you know, with our generation. Uh, people want to listen to things two, three minutes and, and get it, you know, get it done, a done deal. Uh, look at videos for two, three minutes, et cetera, et cetera. So for him to go ahead and just immediately, you know, have pretty much three minute songs across the board um, was, you know, definitely needed and uh, definitely something that, that I noticed. Um, next song, The Baddest. Um, I think that was interesting simply because he used the Godzilla theme song uh, as the beat for that song. Um, that's something unique. A lot of people are going to try to add that to him being corny, you know, him being questionable, et cetera, et cetera. I like the beat. I think it's hard. Uh, it's probably one of the best beats on on the album, if we're being honest. Uh, it 
it bangs in the car. I mean, <laughs> it's really, really, it's like one of those songs like you just immediately will play in the car because you know it's going to bang. Um, then we got Don Life with Lil Wayne. I believe this song came out before too, or maybe that was like in one of his videos that he was releasing the album in. Um, I'm not too sure, but this this was another banger. Uh, Lil Wayne on the track, you know, it was kind of a vintage Lil Wayne song. You know, he kind of went back to those days and he, he provided a really good verse. Um, but honestly, there's really no song on this album that Big Sean got washed. I, and I want to point that out. A lot of people, not, he may have features, but he never gets washed on his own song. That never happens. Like, even even when he's on songs with Drake, he doesn't get washed. And people were trying to say he got washed in control. I will stand by it. He didn't get washed, bro. All Kendrick did was just call out all these rappers, bro. He didn't get washed. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, yeah. To back that up, I agree. Big Sean never gets washed on any verse ever. And to your point about uh, Don Life before, he he basically dropped a preview. So basically what he was doing was he dropped previews of the song before Friday, before Friday. So that's what he was pretty much doing. He dropped a preview of Body Language, um, and then he dropped a preview of Don Life, which I thought was already dope before I even heard it. So I already knew it was going to be a, a, a dope song because, you know, Lil Wayne always tap it back into his roots. And every time Lil Wayne get on a, a Big Sean track, he always go crazy. Even on Dark Sky Paradise, he went crazy. So every every time he jump on a Big Sean track, he always go crazy. So, um, but even 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 when Lil Wayne went crazy, though, you know, Big Sean held his own. He always does. So, like I said, he don't never get washed on any of his songs. I can agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, so... That song was a good one. Uh, probably just simply lyrically, the best song on the album was the Friday Night Cypher. Um, had T Grizzly, Cash Doll, Cash Kid, Payroll, 42 Doug, Baldy James, Drago, uh, Sada Baby, Royce the 5'9, and M. Uh, that was hard. I think probably the best verses were 42 Doug and Royce the 5'9. In my opinion, Big Sean had a really good verse too. Uh, it's hard not to to recognize. Uh, Cash Doll had a good verse. Everyone on there was solid. Like there was no bad, you know, ciphers on there. But uh, you know, that was a couple that stood out. Eminem, he he went he went he went pretty hard. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna down him. He went pretty hard. He went pretty hard. What you got? Who you got? The best. Uh, the best verse on this. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say Cash Doll, man. Woo! Well, Cash Doll be spitting. I'm telling you, like she real Detroit too. I like Cash Doll. I like Forty Two Doug as well, but yeah, it was really between Cash Doll, Forty Two Doug, and Royce the Five Nine. Like, I think the, all three of those they stood out. Shot Payroll was pretty good. Um, Boldy James and Drago inside of baby, they were solid. Cash Kid was solid as well. Big Sean had a solid verse. Honestly, it was really between T Grizzly, Cash Doll, 42 Dog, Royce to Five, and Eminem. I think those were probably up there as a top tier verses on that cipher. But if I had to pick somebody, 
I'm picking Cash Doll. Cash Doll. Her her voice was crazy. Cash Doll could really spit, and they need to put some respect on her name for sure. Yeah, that's fact. She was spitting. Um, but yeah, that lyrically, if you want to hear a song that you know is just all lyrics, you know, pretty much that's all you want to hear. You just go ahead and throw on that cipher. Uh, and that was cool too. You don't usually see ciphers on uh, albums. So I thought that was a cool touch as well. I think that's a, a completely different dynamic and just shows that he wants Detroit to be known. You know, he wants Detroit to continue to be on the map. So he's, he's always bigger than himself. Uh, wants you know, things bigger than himself. Um, and you got a story by Stevie wonder and then, uh, final track on on the album uh, "Still I Rise" with Dom Kennedy. I know that's your boy, uh, Dom Kennedy, and it seems like the L.A. Detroit connection uh, is strong on this album. You know, obviously you got Nip, Nipsey Hussle on there. Uh, you know, got Dom Kennedy, so he, he's showing love to the West Coast as well. A lot of people don't know about Dom Kennedy, man. Dom Kennedy, he's that guy. But yeah, man, he definitely. Tapped into LA for this album for sure, and um, just having Dom Kennedy, you know, on a Detroit album, you know, what I'm saying it's just that's different because you don't really see Dom Kennedy going to a a track like that, and you know, what I'm saying somebody from Detroit like that, you know, what I'm saying so. I, I definitely that's probably one of my favorite tracks, man. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you. That probably was my favorite track, you know, what I'm saying just because. The production was great. The lyrics was great. And they both had dope verses. So I, I appreciated it for sure. You know, I, I messed with Dom K the long way for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the album right there. 21 songs. Um, really, if you take out the stories, uh, straight up songs is 18. Uh, on, the, on the track list on Apple Music is 22 because they had a little video for Harder Than My Demons. Uh, but ended up being, you know, 18 total songs, and you got those those pretty much interludes, those three interludes with, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder, Erica, Erica Badu, and Dave Chappelle. Uh, what do you rate the album out of 10? I'm giving it a 10. 10 out of 10. You can listen to his album front to back, 10 out of 10, for sure. And then a lot of people were... A lot of people would say 21 tracks is a lot of tracks for an album because the attention, the attention spans are short. But he kept everything pretty much short on his verses and made sure everything was straight to the point. So I would say 10 out of 10 for an album for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the top albums of this year for sure. He's definitely up there, no doubt. I would say he's definitely uh, it's album of the year material. Um, the features, you know, the versatility. Uh, every song isn't the same. Every song isn't the flow isn't the same. Everything like that. He shows a lot of versatility. He has a lot of different type of uh, artists on there as well. Um, so I think you know it's one of those albums going to be redeeming over time. Uh, so I give it ten out of ten as well. Um, I I li I've listened to it every day since it's come out. Um, really up until that point, hadn't been listening to a ton of music uh, consistently. So, you know, with this album coming out, I've, I've been listening to it consistently and it hasn't disappointed. Um, do you get a chance to listen to the, the new Scissor song? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Yep. Let's hear your thoughts. 
Um, it's great to hear SZA back on a um a track, man. And of course, she got the the uh the king of the uh king of the features, Ty Dollar Sign on there. Um, but yeah, man, SZA, man, it's been a long time coming for SZA. Excuse me. Ever since she dropped Control, man, she's just been up there as one of the top, you know what I'm saying, R&B, you know, artists, you know what I'm saying, that's up there. And, you know, she hasn't dropped in a long time. And for her to drop the visuals for it and the song, too, yeah. Like like the song say, it hit different, for sure. It definitely hit different. It's great to hear SZA back, you know what I'm saying, dropping music. You know what I'm saying? Somebody from TDE finally dropping some music. Goodness gracious, like, we can't get nothing out of TDE. Shoot. Ever since what? Who was the last person to drop? Was it J-Rock? My goodness gracious. Can somebody from TDE talk to Top Dog, man, and be like, yo, we got to start rolling these albums out now, man. Come on, Top Dog. You need to get to it. Yeah, uh, I like the song as well. Um, I listened to it once just so far, but I liked it when I heard it. Because uh, I've been pretty much focused on this Big Sean album, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's great to have Sissa back. You know, it, it was a, it was a really interesting mix of uh, you know people kind of on the timeline. You know, when Big Sean's album dropped, you had people talking about Sissa, people talking about Big Sean. Uh, so when you get new music, it's always exciting to hear these these artists, uh, you know, show off their artistry um, and show off their music. So. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty much it for the music front, I think. Uh, I don't know if you want to bring up anything else, but that's all I can think of uh, that's come out of recent uh, that, you know, is worth talking about and worth noting. Uh, definitely spent quite a bit of time on a Big Sean. Uh, so we'll transition to, uh, before before we get to sports, you want to say something? Don't you forget, Bryson Tiller dropped as well. Let's not forget, he dropped a song called Inhale. Um, I haven't heard it yet, so. Make sure you go listen to that, bro. It might not, well, yeah, just go listen to it. You tell me what your thoughts on it. But like I said, it's great to, it's great to have SZA and Bryson Tiller back because they haven't dropped albums in a long time. And Bryson Tiller said in the music video, he said he's dropping an album this fall. So can't wait to see what the, the R&B guy got going on. That's my guy, though. Yeah, yeah. I rock with, I rock with, bro. Yep. Uh, so I'll, I'll check that out soon. Uh, now we're going to turn our attention uh, to the, the sports world. You know, we had college football, you know, a couple of games this weekend. Uh, NBA playoffs are in full swing. Uh, starting to get sports back a little bit uh, for right now. Um, Power five teams are going to be playing next week for college football. Um, but we're here to talk about the NBA. You know, obviously, uh, we've had – you know, a couple of games in the Western Conference semifinals, Eastern Conference semifinals is in full swing. Uh, you know, first thing we want to talk about before we get to the Lakers and Rockets, uh, the Bucks are down 0-3 uh, to the Miami Heat. Um, and honestly, I'm not that surprised. Uh, to be honest, uh, it was something uh, we had talked about before, but the Bucks just didn't impress me. They were the same team essentially from last year. Uh, minus Malcolm Brogdon. Um, they rely on Giannis to make all the plays. Chris Middleton will score, but he's not a playmaker. Uh, Brooke Lopez will hit deep threes, but he's not consistent. There's just not, just not a lot there for that team. Eric Blissow is wildly inconsistent all the time. 
Um, and he's just coming back from injury. Well, yeah, injury. Um, I'm not that surprised, man. Uh, the Miami Heat have a, a better built team, a better coach, uh, just a better system in general. Um, and a lot of people are, are slandering Giannis. And look, man, I don't think it's warranted. Obviously, he didn't play well, especially in game three, but he's doing everything he can, man. There's <laughs> nothing he can do if literally they're blocking the paint from him doing anything. And basically, they're playing a drive and kick game. You know, have him at the top of the key. He drives, kicks it out to his shooters. They're not making shots. So that's what it's come down to. I don't think Budenhoser should have ever got the job for the Bucks. He's a really good regular season coach. But when it comes to playoffs and making adjustments, he's not doing it um, against a, a team that can make adjustments on the fly like no other. So it's exposing that the fact that Budenhoser really isn't the best coach for this team. He's not maximizing their talent. He's really not drawing up any plays. He's basically saying, Giannis, you go at the top of the key and make something happen. Or Eric Bledsoe, make something happen. Pick and roll, make something happen. There's no really set plays. There's really no philosophy that he's particularly running that's working, and he's not changing anything either. And he says he's going to play Giannis only, what, 35, 36 minutes in a closeout game? He got to go, man. He got to go. Um. Well, I'm not going to give no excuses to Giannis. You are the reigning MVP um, and potentially two-time MVP. Got to get it done, bro. It is what it is. I understand that they are blocking the paint from you. This is where you need to tap into your, to your skill that you have. You need to start hitting shots from the perimeter. And that's something that you you probably gonna need to have to start working on for sure because you cannot be a bully guy all the time. You are not built like Shaq, and and I understand you know there are different ways to play you, and, and potentially they're gonna continue to play off on you until you find a way to you know you know get a perimeter get a outside jump shot for sure. So. I'm not going to give bro excuses. You just have not played up to what you need to do. You've had three you've had three games to adjust to the heat. Y'all have yet to do that. So like I said, you just got to show up. That's all you have to do. And you know, with the teammates that they have around them, Chris Middleton, he was a all-star. You got to show up too, Chris Middleton. Got to show up. Eric Bledsoe, you got to show up. That's what it really boils down to. They just have to show up. This is the team that everybody picked to go to the finals. Well, you ran into some guys that want to they, – they're hungry. They want to eat. They want to play. And they got better talent, and they're better talented all around. So, until they try to – until they make adjustments, I mean, like I said, it's going to be a long day for the, the Milwaukee Bucks, and they might end up getting swept. I'm, I'm not going to count them out, but it's not looking too good right now. Because the Heat have too much firepower. They got Hero, Bam. They got Jimmy Butler. They got a lot of pieces around there. And Jimmy Butler, he's the leading charge. You know he's not going to let his team lose. So, like I said, it's a lot for it's a lot for the Milwaukee Bucks to overcome right now. And like I said, they might potentially end up getting swept. But like I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, 
they're going to get swept. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give them a chance, but if he said he's only going to play Giannis 34 to 35 minutes in a closeout game, then he'll pretty much pack it up and go home and get ready for the next year, bro. Because it might not even take that long. Miami might come out and just blow him out in the first two quarters and try to get this game over with. That's what it's, that's what it pretty much will boils down to the first two quarters. If Milwaukee keep it close, then I'll give him a chance. But if the Heat blow this thing open, oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap for them. So, um, I think Budahoser is good for the job. He just have to get some. They gotta they gotta find some talent. The GM gotta find some talent for him, man. You can't just. You got to find better pieces. You got to find a, potentially a second person who can score the basketball at will. Well, not score it at will, but can create their own shot and score at will. Because Chris Middleton, he can he's a consistent jump shooter, but he can't create his own shot like that. And he's not going to give you 25 to 30 a game like Giannis can. So they just need some they just need a potentially a, a second person who can help Giannis out. And I can take some of that load off of him because apparently Chris Middleton is not doing that. So, like I said, they just need somebody that can do that for him. And I think Milwaukee be okay, but I, it's just not their year this year. I just – I don't see them winning four straight games to come back and win this series. I just don't see it happening. So, you know what I'm saying? They might as well go ahead and pack it up. I'm going to give them a chance, though, but – it's, what it's looking like to me, they're just going to have to pack it up and get ready for next year. But as far as Giannis, you're the reigning MVP. You got to show up, bro. They 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 probably going to put you as an MVP again, which I don't agree with because I think LeBron James should win MVP. But, you know what I'm saying, of course they're going to they're gonna vote you as MVP. So you just got to show up, bro. I know you probably got a sprained right ankle. I understand that. But, shoot. You don't want your team to lose, man. You just got to put it all out there on the floor today. So I'm not going to bash Giannis. I think he's a great player. He just has to continue to evolve and be able to do different things because once you start getting older and more teams start to know what you like to do, it's going to be hard to do that because they already know what you're going to do. So all you have to do is just start developing that skill of an outside jump shot, consistent. And you, I think he'll be a great player. He's already a great player. He he'll be even more better when he gets a jump shot. That's pretty much all he needs right now is a jump shot. He has everything else. He just don't have a jump shot, a consistent one. So once he gets that, Giannis will be back on the level he was dominating maybe like a year or two ago. But as of right now, you know what I'm saying, that jump shot really is crucial because they pack the paint all the time. They double all the time. You got to be able to hit a jump shot. Get it, get you a, you just create, be able to create a jump, create space and hit a jumper. That's all you got to do, Giannis. <clears throat> but yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. I think, like I said, I think the Heat going to win regardless. So they have a better team, they're better talented, and they have a better coach. Eric Spolcher is probably one of the best coaches that's come through Miami. So they just have a better team overall. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, like I said, I think that I think they're going to take the series. Obviously, I don't see them blowing a three games zero lead. I think Milwaukee gets at least one game, um, but I could be wrong. It really depends on how they come out 
and if they come out motivated enough. But the the style of play they play at, they're not going to be able to win many series, especially against better teams and really good defensive teams. Miami's an extremely good defensive team. Uh, you're going to have to beat them with multiple scores, um, which is why the Celtics uh, could potentially pose the bigger threat to them. Uh, I think the Raptors, I think it's going to be a really, whoever the Heat play, it's going to be a really nice chess match to see how they match up. Um, you know, obviously Celtics Raptors locked up at 2-2. Uh, OJ Ananobi, he pretty much saved the series for the Raptors and they've now tied it up. Uh, but now we're going to look at the West. Uh, the Clippers got blown out last night by the, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday. So uh, obviously that series tied at 1-1. Uh, but now we're going to talk about the, the series that most directly affects you. You talk about LeBron James winning MVP. Uh, but they lost to the Houston Rockets um, the other night. Uh, and they didn't look that good either, you know, shooting the ball. They, they really struggled shooting the ball from the field. Uh, what do you see from the Lakers, uh, and, and what do you expect for them in that next game? Um, I I think they're, they're going to make the adjustments they need to make. I mean, they pretty much looked like that when they played Portland um, in game one, and Portland came out and, you know, they stole that game, and pretty much Houston came out and stole that game. So um, I think they just need to be able to hit the outside jumper but also get AD going. Like, AD is seven feet. You have P.J. Tucker. He's like 6'8", 6'9". Just use Anthony Davis. That's all you have to do, literally. They do not have a big man on that roster. So AD should have at least 30 points a game. So just feed AD. Let him go to work. AD got to start getting inside, too, because, like I said, he got P.J. Tucker guarding you. But... AD got to get going. They play I, – I didn't like him playing Rondo a lot. Rondo hasn't really been – he hasn't been – well, he just came back from an injury. So I feel like they should have at least played Dion or JR a little more because they have more experience and they play, they've been playing in the playoffs. So I feel like they need to play Dion and JR a little more because what you get them for if you're not going to play them? And JR, JR is, is good for coming off the bench and, you know, being an instant spark and Dion. And Dion, they both can create their own shot too. Not uh, There's not a lot of players on that team that can create their own shot. So, like I said, once they get AD going, I think they'll be fine. They just have to be able to slow down James Harden and Russ because they go so fast and they move, they run up and down the court. And especially with Russell Westbrook, he's going at 100% the whole game. So I think it was just for them, they had just have to adjust to that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, stop him at half court. Once he start get going, just stop him at half court. You know what I'm saying? Get him set into their half court offense and see if they're going to score from that. Because like I said, they, they give up too many fast break points and it's a wrap. So I think they're going to make the adjustments they need to make. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's going to be a – I think game two is going to be a – a wake-up call for L.A. for sure. Game one was a wake-up call, but I feel like they're going to be able to bounce back from that and, you know, potentially win game two. Like I said, all the all, only adjustments they need to make is be able to feed A.D. the ball. Um, I don't agree with him playing Rondo a lot. and I need him to play J.R. and Dion a little more because they are instant sparks off the bench. And they need those bench points for sure because – 
Houston has players that can score on the bench. So um, I think they'll make the adjustments they need to make. Um, and then LeBron just got to be LeBron. That's all he got to do. He, he pretty much showed out in game one. He did what he needed to do. He just needed his counterparts to do what they need to do as well. So, like I said, I think they'll be fine. They just need to to, to test them out first to see how they are. Because, of course, they haven't played a team like Houston because Houston runs up and down the court the whole game, and they don't run with a big man. So I think they just needed to see that and feel it. And then I think, you know, game two, it'll turn around for L.A. But like I said, that game one was pretty much a wake-up call for them. Like, Houston not afraid, you know what I'm saying? They want to go out there and win. And they got Russ and James, and James is going crazy at Russ. So, um Game two, they just got to make the defensive adjustments, make sure they feed AD and play JR and Dion a little more. And they need they need those bench points. So, Yeah, I was just going to say Rondo needs to play less. Uh, I don't think this is a series for him, especially with Houston's three-point shooting ability and the fact that he just got back from injury. Uh, put him out, like 20, putting him out for 28 minutes is way too long. Um, and you can see that the, the negative impact in – just the fact that since he hasn't played in a while, you know, the chemistry is off with him. So if they would have tried to ingrain him in a different way and not try to just, you know, play him all those minutes, uh, especially the crucial minutes in the, in, at the end of the third quarter when the lead blossomed from two to uh, 15 within a matter of three minutes, I think that, you know, will help the Lakers out in game two. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, NBA playoffs in full swing, got a couple more games on the slate over the next couple of days. Uh, you know, so by this time next week, we'll probably have the Eastern Conference final set and then get close to the Western Conference finals being set. Uh, final uh, topic we want to discuss, NFL season. Saints will be playing uh, next Sunday against the Buccaneers. Um, they just lost out on Jadavian Clowney. He signed with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so a lot has been going on with that. Uh, but the Saints roster from top to bottom uh, is looking promising. Um, you know, got, obviously you still got Drew Brees in the fold, Alvin Kamara, uh, who people thought was going to get traded. Um, and that, you know, a lot of reports swirling that the Saints were looking to trade him, but that obviously wasn't the case. Uh, and they were potentially working on a new deal. Uh, acquired Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason, still have uh, Can't Guard Mike. Um, got Jared Cook, Josh Hill still in the fold. Uh, uh, drafted rookie Adam Trout Troutman. Offensive line solid, got Armstead, Ramchek, uh, McCoy, uh, newly acquired um, Cesar Ruiz, still in the fold. Um, defensively, you know, got a, got a lot, of, lot of guys back, you know, Demario Davis, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, acquired Malcolm Jenkins in the offseason as well. Still got Marcus Williams. Um, still, you know, have uh, Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport. Uh, what are your expectations for the 2020 season for the Saints uh, now that we're getting into it? Um, and uh, where, what are you looking forward to most about week one? Um, my expectations for the Saints this year is Super Bowl. Um, this roster, man, they have a great roster. They finally have a – they got Janoris Jenkins as well. Don't forget about him. He's on the other side of the defensive backs. Um, but this roster from t top to bottom is just flawless. 
every position is filled. This we pretty much needed a second receiver. We got that. We got the tight ends. Jerry Cook did his thing last year. Um, Josh Hill was a he did his thing too. We still got uh, Taysom Hill to put him anywhere. Got Alvin Kamara. I think, like I said, I can't wait till the season start. I know they're gonna do great. Um, my expectations for Week One it should be a great a great game. I feel like you know Tampa has a great roster now. They they pretty much then came up. They got a, a dope roster. They got just they just acquired Leonard Fournette. Um, they got a solid team, but I feel like, like I said, the Saints, man, it's it's Super Bowl this year. We got to do it. Um, we got a stacked team. We got we we got a Malcolm Jenkins back. We got a great secondary now. Our linebackers are set. We still got Marcus Davenport. Still got Cam Jordan. We got everybody on our defensive end that we need, and the offense end too. So I feel like everything. Should start rolling week one. As soon as week one comes, we should start rolling. Our mission is to win the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? If we don't get there, then that's a failure. So I feel like the Saints this year, they got a lot to prove, and I feel like they're going to prove it because, like I said, a lot of people have been really abashing our team because of calls that have not been going our way, which clearly you can see it, but it is what it is. So I feel like this year they're going to put all that – all that. They're not even going to leave it in their officiating hands. I feel like the Saints are going to handle their business. So, I got to say, I'm looking forward to the season. I can't wait till the start. And like I said, my expectations for the Saints is a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl win. I feel like they they need to win the Super Bowl because they have the team to do it. Drew Brees came back for his last year. They got a roster. They got a team. They got Kangar Mike. They got Emmanuel Sanders. They got Alvin Kamara still. They have a team. They got a it's set. We just gotta get it get it rolling now. So I feel like this year the Super Bowl. I feel it. I definitely feel it. Super Bowl for sure. That's my expectations for the Saints. Yeah, I think Super Bowl are both bust for the Saints. Um, and it really has been the last couple of seasons. Um, I'm excited to see how the the Saints compete with the Buccaneers, uh, especially defensively. Um, I really want the Saints to to really put the heat on Tom Brady. Um, I feel like in, in you know as compared to recent years, we actually have a solid uh, you know sec- uh, secondary. Uh, no more Eli Apple. Uh, that was clearly the weak link of our defense last year. Uh, I'm hoping you know Marcus Williams and his relationship with Malcolm Jenkins has really um, grown and and they can really play off of it, play off of each other. Uh, I'm excited to see where Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or C.D. Deuce, as he calls himself now, um, see how he fits in the defense because he really made some plays, uh, really nice plays down the stretch of the season last year. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, want to see how the offense is going to utilize all these weapons now. Now there should be no excuse why we can't move the ball down the field. You got Emmanuel Sanders that can work out anywhere. Michael Thomas that can work out anywhere. Alvin Kamara that can that, that can work out anywhere. Jared Cook. So there's four guys right there that you can put all over the field. Taysom Hill you can put all over the field as well. Uh, I would like to see him use him a little bit more in the running game too. Uh, I think he can be valuable in that part and, and not just being a gadget player. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm excited to see that, you know, looking at some, some of the other games. I'm excited to see this Thursday uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. 
Uh, shout out to Deshaun Watson for signing a huge contract. He deserves it. Four-year, $160 million. Uh, Obviously, Patrick Mahomes got a massive deal earlier this offseason. Uh, so two black quarterbacks repping repping the, the, um, the culture, man. Uh, you love to see it, especially Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, saw on Twitter yesterday sharing an emotional moment with his family. Uh, that just shows you, man, you know, he, he can be the face of the NFL for years to come. He and him, Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, black quarterbacks are, are relevant. Russell Wilson, I'll be remiss to not talk about him. I'm excited for his season as well. So I'm excited to see kind of how things unfold for the NFL. I think this year, out of all the years, can be the most unpredictable, uh, considering no preseason um, and really no time to for, you know, to get that timing down in, in game speed. So, you know, my kind of impressions on the first game, I think it's going to be sloppy, you know, across the league. It's going to be sloppy games. Um, you know, teams are really going to struggle in the first couple quarters to really get a rhythm. Um, and teams that normally look sharp may not look as sharp, which is part of the reason I think the Buccaneers will struggle in the opening. Um, you know, they haven't had time to go over these real reps. And I think people are underrating the fact that their offensive line isn't as strong as people would suggest. You know, they have, a, you know, they have a solid center and guards, but the tackles are, are my biggest question. And when you're going against Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport, especially Davenport, who's someone that, you know, was looking to take the next step forward in his third season, that's not, that's not selling to have, you know, especially in his position, Tom Brady being as old as he is, you know, if he gets a lot of pressure, I could see him struggling, you know, it's, it's not one of those things where he has a Wes Welker or he has a James White uh, to force checkdowns, you know, it's not those type of players anymore. Now you got bigger targets, uh, targets that you need to get the ball down the field to, uh, with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they're not going to be the dink and dump type players. You got to really throw it down the field and put it down the field. And if he doesn't have time to do that, they're going to struggle. So, I think that's what I'm looking forward to most about the about the game and about the season in general. Uh, just to see how teams kind of react to no preseason and no time to get everything right. We saw uh, yesterday with college football, a lot of teams had a kind of a low period, you know, first quarter, you know, either they came out strong or they came out really flat. So I think that's what we're going to see on Thursday night and then Sunday uh, afternoon to Sunday night and then Monday night. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's all we got for this first episode of the dual vision podcast. Uh, like I said, we're going to bring you music, sports, life in general. Uh, you can, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at Dual Vision Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Uh, Dom, you can, un you can follow him at, at underscore Dominic Jackson, correct? Um, so you, you can follow him on that as well. Uh, we're going to continue to bring you more content. Like I said, this is a new podcast that we started, uh, you know, September. Uh, looking forward to doing this at least once a week, uh, maybe twice a week, depending on our schedules. Um, but uh, anything uh, else you want to want to say or add? Uh, nah, uh, episode one, we did it. Um, I can't wait to see where this takes us. Um, but yeah, episode one is done. You know what I'm saying? We gave our perspectives. I think it was pretty dope. I, I see this going I see this going places so
Um, like I said, I can't wait to see where it go. That's my final thoughts. Yeah, like I said, uh, this this will be available on YouTube and in the podcast networks, uh, Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll drop the link in uh, to you know Apple Music and Spotify. You can subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe to our channel, uh, Dual Vision Podcast, um, as well on YouTube. Um, so till next time, we'll see you guys. Uh, if you got any comments, uh, anything we, you want us to talk about, anything we want to discuss. You can hit us up uh, on Twitter. You can hit us up on YouTube. Uh, hit us up on, you know, in the reviews. Uh, and just let us know. So, till next time, we'll see y'all. Peace.